0: And we're on.
1: Welcome, everyone, to an all-new, exciting episode of Talking From. We are going to be highlighting the premiere of Season 2 of From with some really interesting updates. I am joined, as always, by my phenomenal co-host, Kinte. Kinte, how are you today?
0: I'm doing pretty good, and I'm looking forward to (laughs) chopping it up with you about this show.
1: Me too. I I will say that although most shows take, you know, at least a year to kind of come back, um, I have been anticipating the episodic return of from it feels like ever since basically they stopped airing <laughs> the last episode. So mm-hmm. I was really excited to see the show come back. Um I I, I want to first I'll be honest,
0: I-, I didn't think it was coming back because it didn't seem like it was it was Getting a big push, and then all of a sudden, I mean, they said they were renewing it. So I said, "Oh, cool!" I was uh, happy about that.
1: I kind of had an idea that they probably would because they had invested already quite a bit in the um, in what was happening. But I, but I, I, I mean, of course, until a show is actually announced, you never know. So yeah. yeah. Um. I, all right. I I'm I'm gonna sort of give everybody uh, a chance to catch up just a bit. So the show that is from is and we're just going to come right out and say it it's a little bit like lost and they even will say the the showrunners will say yeah it has that feel to it Mm -hmm. it's episodically mysterious each episode brings us a little bit of something that seems like it could be a part of the puzzle or maybe a brand new idea for a new puzzle Um, From is a place where the people show up inside of a town and they cannot leave. It's not that they can't physically walk places or drive in a car places, but eventually it all kind of circles back to the town. Now, interestingly, in the first season of From we were exposed to not just the monsters that we know of who are the monsters that come out at night, but we were also introduced to some really weird lore like these far away trees that you can get into and they bring you to different destinations, Uh, talisman, which seem to protect the inside of any dwelling that you're in and a a bunch of other kind of interesting ideas, uh, Clearly, there's something both very supernatural and very, I guess, otherworldly happening here. Um, I'm going to get into some of the maybe a little bit odd things that were said in the first episode. Um, And I'm going to ask Kinte about what he thinks about some of this. And I just want to say right off the top, um, although they keep alluding to everything being part of a dream... I really don't think that that's what's going on. I think that that is a very clear red herring. So for anyone who tunes in and says, oh man, are they going to do a lost on us? Uh, no, I don't think that they are. I think they have learned the lesson pretty well. So without further ado, let's get into episode one of season two from, from um, first can what were your overall, um, fr- what did you overall think about it? And also how did you feel about the busload of people that show up? Because we know that they showed up at the end of the last episode of season one. What did you think about that piece coming forward into season two?
0: I thought it was great. I mean, they needed some new fodder, you know, uh, people to, uh, (laughs) to get, uh, terrorized. Right. So, and then, you know, just new blood period. And I thought it was, um, handled quite well. So, uh, I thought they did a great job of continuation from the last season. And I have to say that the pacing of this season so far in, uh, we're three episodes in is so I think it's way better and it, it moves uh, a lot better. So, uh, I got to give the writers a lot of credit. And, um, once again, going back to the, the Lost Connection, we know that the writers, um, and some of the, and Jack Bender, who was one of the top directors who directed the, um, I believe this episode and the second episode uh, was the top director from Lost, as well as uh, the writers uh, worked, uh, a lot of the writers worked on Lost. And the name of this episode is called Strangers in a Strange Land, which is famously, a name of uh, a season three lost episode. Unfortunately, right. it's one of the worst lost episodes of all time, <laughs> which I thought it was interesting that, and it's seen as one of the worst episodes. It's that tattoo episode. I don't know if you remember oh, that one. Right. Yeah. You find out why Jack got his tattoo. It's horrible, yeah. but I, I don't know, if. but this is so much better than that episode. And I love lost. So uh, uh I, I wonder why they, purposely uh named it this this i mean anyone who loves both shows will definitely know the connection you know
1: well i'm gonna you know just furthering along with this sort of um uh idea with the connections here i'm gonna say that what i find so compelling about from that i not necessarily didn't find compelling about lost but it's just very different is we're focused on a place that seems to have its own uh, quote-unquote ecosystem, like its own supernatural ecosystem. And that to me is a huge departure from Lost in the sense that we're less focused on each individual character's backstory and more focused on what's going on in this place. So the place seems to take a little bit of a higher Position other than rather than just having individual people. Now, at the end of season one, um, we had this huge disruption where uh, the monsters basically got into Colony House, right? And so a lot of people died, and the the, the current running headcanon for me is the busload of people had to show up because so many people died at colony house so they have to somehow keep replenishing the number of people that are around why that is i don't know um, but that seems to be fitting but at the beginning of this season we have somebody who is very similar to Boyd's wife who is on the bus and has and what we see in sort of a flashback is that they sense that there is something wrong here, that they saw this in a dream. And that's why I keep bringing that back up. Um, And that character ends up being a pretty important, I think, character overall for us to understand what's going on. So the bus comes into town and as the bus is coming into town, of course, they end up stopping at the diner when they stop at the diner. Uh, uh, yeah, it gets a little bit confusing and eventually they are forced to stay and as they are forced to stay other things begin to happen um and i'm i'm going to ask you Kinte tell me the, just just the dynamic of the bus we'll get into the house in a second but just the dynamic of the people on the bus what do you think of those people
0: um it's kind of you know a lot of uh typical uh tv show type uh characters the uh, one guy with the the, um, the very short hair, who's very uh, hot-headed, uh, right. you know, he seemed like a character we've seen in a lot of different programs. Um, the, uh, the Black guy who uh, has the premonitions seems very similar to stuff, you know, uh, the older couple, uh, and then the bus driver who, you know, I know a lot of people probably would criticize the bus driver, but from her stand-up, her, her point of view, I can understand why she is doing what she's doing. I mean, think about how crazy it's. And we know, because we're an audience, we know that they're telling the truth. But if I was her, I probably would have this similar reaction, like, these people are crazy. Let me get out of here, you know?
1: Right, right. Uh, uh, well, I, okay, so the the one thing that I keep thinking about from the bus trip, which, which of course I feel like everybody should be talking about is the fact that you have, um, a situation where there's a personal connection between two of the characters and that. Very lost. Yeah. Right. Like that actually feels a little bit bizarre, like very mm-hmm. bizarre. Um, but, uh, but then there's also this sort of aspect, which is like uh, it, it, nothing feels like it is not on purpose. Everything feels like it's being done for a reason. But at the same time that we think everything's being done for a reason, not everything can possibly tie together. You know what I mean? Right. So obviously things are not necessarily all going to cinch up perfectly. Um, so we know that Boyd and Tabitha, who are, uh, who, well, Boyd and Tabitha were ba- basically both off on their own journeys. We'll get into Boyd's first. Um, so Boyd was off on a journey with Sarah. And um, he they both went into a faraway tree. And Boyd ends up at the bottom of a well. And when he comes up from the bottom of the well after asking for help, which, yeah, let's get in to figure out what the heck is up with that. Somebody throws him a rope. But when he gets up to the top, uh, there's a person that's chained to the wall. And um, that person that is chained to the wall clearly didn't or wasn't able to throw him a rope. I don't know how that actually happened. Um, But he has a conversation with him and says, no, I'm going to get you out of here. Uh, No, that doesn't happen. What did you think about that whole scene? Because I think that that was actually um, like a major story beat right there. I, I, I mean, other than just when... The guy bites him. There's something about what just happened there that feels like a major story beat to me. What did you think?
0: I mean, I thought the scene was very creepy, you know, and uh, yeah, I mean, it was very effective in that way, setting the tone. Um, it, it, it but it when it, it doesn't really answer any questions, it it definitely poses more questions, right. and um, and a lot of it is towards uh, the uh His psyche is like, you know, is this real? Is this a dream? Like you said. Is this, uh, is he going mad, you know, or is all of this happening in his own head, you know, which is, uh, something that he's questioning himself. Is this really even happening? Any of
1: it, right? Oh, I'm yeah. sorry, keep going.
0: Oh, no, no, I was just saying that's, uh, that's what I took out of
1: it. I, I think the fact that he knew Abby is like the reason that I think it's a major story beat is because I'm. Not convinced that the faraway trees are not some kind. Con- I don't know if they're actually like, oh, yeah, you know, we're getting teleported from place to place or whether there's something else about them that maybe is at work. And I'll tell you, when Boyd left the, the well house and all of a sudden that it wasn't there behind him. Mm hmm. I was immediately reminded of the way that most people handle dream sequences where you are in one place. And then even though there's the thread of continuity, when you look around, you're not in the same place that you were. And I, I, I feel like that is kind of a clue about what we may be experiencing and he the this guy that was chained to the wall even said hey maybe abby was right and it's all just a dream Mm -hmm. remember like that didn't that seem a little bit like telling to you i don't know what you take from it
0: yeah it means definitely something to mess up his mind and uh you know uh i mean obviously none of us wants that to be the thing so, but I, I think they're throwing that out there because a lot of people are thinking that's probably what it is. So, right. uh, you know, but I don't think that it's necessarily the truth.
1: There's there's also this idea um, that, you know, if you convince people that they are, um, if you can convince people that they are not lucidly dreaming um that they can't actually affect any change in their environment Mm -hmm. and so you know some I, i watched a show on netflix uh a while ago that was um what was it called 1899 where there was all these crazy things happening, and it just sort of defied explanation. And at the end, it turns out that these people were in a kind of suspended animation, a kind of stasis. Mm -hmm. And whatever they were experiencing, they were experiencing collectively, but they were all basically in a a dreamlike state. So I don't know if that's really what's happening, but it certainly seems like we've got a lot to draw on from there. Okay, so let's talk about, um, I guess let's talk about Tabitha for a second. So Tabitha okay. goes off with Victor, right? Because Victor finds her underneath the uh, the house and the, he says, you know, you got to keep walking because the monsters are going to wake up. Oh my God. That was super tense. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is about subterranean monsters that is like so freaky, but man, <laughs> that whole scene was crazy tense, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah subterranean yeah Uh, that's funny. subterranean monsters that's a whole genre in itself
1: yeah right i mean it was and and you kind of you get the feeling that it's like you know okay well are they like vampire-ish because they don't appear during the day um and they're living underneath the ground like what's going on with that that seemed pretty strange as well Uh um but Mm -hmm. But Victor and Tabitha are, you know, on this sort of walkabout uh, and they eventually they get to a place where they're out um, and Victor brings both of them to some hideaway that he has. Um, And I also kind of I feel like this really tells us a lot about Victor because Victor has been in this place for so long that he has all of these special places. and we don't even know what the extent of all that is, but clearly this is a place that he's been to a lot. So he's needed to have refuge quite a bit. Um and they eventually the group meets up with Boyd and then uh is his name uh no, his name isn't Ellis. What is his name? What is the uh man, my my brain is not firing in all cylinders here, but the 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 person who shows up on the bus about that, that has the brain, L- James. This, Elgin. Thank you. Not Ellis Elgin. Okay. So, so Elgin eventually shows up and, you know, tells them all about what has been happening back in the town. Now, back in the town, we know that Jim has been, was in the house looking for Tabitha when the house basically collapsed in on itself. Mm -hmm. Um, And did that feel supernatural to you? That didn't feel like, you know, Oh, the house just fell apart, right?
0: Oh, no. Yeah, no. Yeah. It felt like, yeah, I didn't think of it as supernatural. I just felt like that's what was about to happen.
1: You know, I'm going to circle back to one thing. I want I just want to mention one quick thing. Remember the guy in the well house? One of the things uh-huh. that he says is, oh, ha-ha, as if provincially, ha-ha. You think those monsters are just, like, they're just the tip of the iceberg?
0: I know, crazy, huh?
1: That, I mean, that whole scene felt very like i said it seemed like a giant story beat but that to me felt pretty important like oh yeah those are like those are just the minions or something i don't know that felt really weird and before i forget let's not sort of pass over the fact that when that guy that is chained up bites boyd boyd is infected with something some kind of thing that is now traveling underneath his skin.
0: I mean, they look like
1: little eels. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Gross too. Yeah.
1: Man, that's pretty freaky. I don't know what the heck is going on with that, but I'm hoping that that that's not what we know. Remember we know that Sarah has some kind of like direct connection to something because it writes on her arm and, I'm, I'm wondering if maybe that's sort of like a, like there's like, that's another kind of connection. I don't know. Um, but obviously Boyd doesn't want to tell anybody that that's what's going on. So he hides it pretty well. Um, okay. So let's get to the house. So Jim is in the house when it collapses and as the house collapse or collapses, uh, there's people that are, we're trying to help him and they can't get out. So everybody's stuck in the house and it's going to be nightfall and so the house is directly across the street from the diner. And, of course, in the diner is, um, is Julie, who's, uh, who's Jim's daughter. And she can't do anything. She's just stuck there. She's just got to watch whatever is happening. Um, what would you think about that whole thing?
0: Uh, say that one more time because you, you kind of cut out for me.
1: So the the when the house collapses and it's getting to be nightfall, Julie is right there. She has to retreat to the diner. She doesn't want to leave him. And then all she can do is basically watch what's happening overnight, and mm-hmm. knowing that her dad is underneath this house with no protection. Um, what did you think about that whole thing?
0: No, I thought that was, uh, well, for one was it was great because, you know, the concern she had for her father. Because, you know, she in the last season she kind of rebelled against her parents. Right. And it was good. It was, I guess it was growth on their relationship, you know? Right. right. Um, so, uh, no, I thought that was uh, really good because this kind of establishes that she really does care about her parents. I'm not to say that she, I didn't think she didn't care about her parents, but, you know, um, you know, it, it took that moment to, you know, for the audience to really see that, oh, she cares and she really wants to, you um, protect her father and it was very admirable that she wanted to do that even though it didn't make sense you know as far as uh but you know it's an emotional decision because it's an emotional thing you know
1: right and the the fact that she that also now we know that uh um that ethan was further away from everybody um and hanging out basically with jade who, and then they go ransack Victor's room and stuff. But in the meantime, all of these high stakes things are happening in the diner. Nobody in the diner who is from the bus believes that there are monsters and it takes basically a bunch of killing for the people that are in the diner to even begin to fathom what's really going on. I I, that, that, I gotta say that the whole first episode and tell me what you think, but I think this whole first episode really sort of played really well into both raising the stakes for everyone and also deepening the level of mystery to the town without adding so many new layers that we can't keep track of them all. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I thought that, I mean, once again, I, I think that it was extremely well done. It was, uh, um, uh, because you know, I think this show really needed it, you know, it yeah. really needed to, uh, to, um, to do that to take this show to the next level. So, uh, I would definitely say that, yeah, that was a, that was good. Very
1: well, well done. we had in the, in the last, In the last season, in season one, we had a lot of groundwork being laid, I think, to both endear us or give us a sense of um, agency with each individual character. So we needed to have some background information. And we got a deepening level of mystery surrounding the town and what is out and around the town that is... What is out there? Because, you know, we talked a little bit in our last podcast uh, that we did for From about Boyd and Sarah discovering the spiders and then, you know, Boyd seeing Abby and the lighthouse and things that just sort of stand out as, okay, this is just a crazy. um, There's so many things coming all together at one time that it's impossible for us to make any headway in what may or may not be happening. And so the way that I feel like they're doing this, which I, f- I think is absolutely perfect, is by giving us individual journeys to go on with all of these different characters. But I think that the first season needed to make us want to care about them. Like, why would we care about uh, Fatima and um, Ellis? if we didn't have some feeling for what they were going with. I mean, in the, in the very next episode, when Ellis, uh, well, in the very next episode, when the, when the two of them sort of have their moment of crisis, uh, the stakes have to be very high for them in order for us to care. Otherwise it will just feel like, well, yeah, all these things are happening, but why do we care? Do you know what I mean?
0: Right. Yeah, no, yeah. Makes Yeah. perfect sense. Yeah.
1: Because I kind of felt like that in the very first episode with the girl who lets in the monster, you know, who's tapping at the window going, but it's your grandma. don't get me
0: started on her. Uh, Right. Uh,
1: And, and like, I I mean, not that that wasn't a really shocking scene because of course it was, but did I really care about the little girl? No, because I didn't know her. Right. But now I know everybody. I know Tabitha. I know Jim. I know Victor. I know Boyd. I know Jade. I know Donna. I know Kenny. I know Christy. I know Fatima. I know Ellis. I know Julie. I know Sarah. And I know all these people. And Ethan. I know all these people. There's so many of them. But they all matter. Like if you ask about each and every one of these people. They all make a difference. Let's talk a little bit about Donna. I got to say Donna really stepped up in the first two episodes as being just such a badass. Uh, what what were your impressions of how Donna treated or reacted to the people from the bus, getting them into the diner, and then subsequently keeping everybody in the diner, even though they were like, we got to get out there.
0: Well, you know, you got to remember that everybody was coming off a traumatic experience. So really, they didn't have time to, to you know, to pussyfoot around, you know what I mean? So So it was kind of like... You know, uh, and then they were running out of time, too. So it was pretty much like, you know what? Let's just get this done. You know, like, and right. I'm about to shoot out the window, you know, shoot out the. Uh,
1: the bus tires. Bus
0: tires. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm sure to those people, she looked crazy. But eventually she knew that, you know, it was going to be proven that that she was, in fact, telling the truth.
1: I I love this duality. Uh between Donna and Boyd, where you know it should be Kenny that's really picking up the slack and you know doing the stuff that Boyd would be doing, but Kenny kind of takes a back seat to Donna, and Donna really steps up and becomes the quote unquote sheriff um in boyd's absence and i I thought that that was really it was a good choice because Donna is the strongest, I think of anybody in this mm-hmm. town so far, right. Which no, yeah, no. is, yeah, it's kind of amazing. I mean, I I feel like it's kind of, I, and I feel like the reason that it it sort of works in parallel sequence with, uh, our a parallel connection with Boyd is because both Donna and Boyd have lost someone very dear to them in the town, and the personal connections that the two of them make over that, the shared trauma bonding is really powerful you know they understand what's at stake so it that it felt really good i don't know i just really liked it yeah me too um all right so let's talk a little bit about um some of the things that then we go on to find out later um i i well you tell me what what stands out to you as one of the biggest episodic um reveals of the first two episodes
0: um well obviously the bite um also um jade i like the 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 piece about jade and vic you know going in victor's room and and uh that was cool
1: yeah discovering more and of course the,
0: the main thing is uh you know, love has come home. <laughs> you know right. uh, that uh, poor guy. Uh, you know he's he's just got to deal with it. <laughs> you know, yeah. But, you uh, mean Kenny? Uh, Kenny, yeah. Thank you.
1: Yeah, and that it, I think, I felt I felt really bad for him. He loves Christy so much.
0: Yeah, and you know, and he handled it pretty pretty well. As you could, you know, he just you know he seemed to just accept it. He didn't. He didn't really fight it or anything. He just was like, "Okay, this is uh, what it is." Uh,
1: it 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 feels. I think it feels a little bit weird in some ways because um, because there's this idea that I think all of us kind of had at the end of season one that you know maybe there's some hope for people even though they're in the middle of this major crisis. And I got to say that this is one of the reasons I'm very concerned about Ellis and Fatima, because that feels a little bit too happy in a time of absolute chaos. Um, And I don't know how that's going to end. I don't know. What do you think about it? I mean, I love that. I, I love the idea that the two of them are so close, but I, also sort of feel like anytime anybody gets close in this town it turns upside down
0: right um so you think it's going to turn um turn bad huh
1: i i i mean i i wish i could say that i didn't i didn't even everything- think
0: about that i guess you know what i mean it does have i guess it does have that that as a uh, a potential you know of man i that's pretty good i didn't even think about that 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 they could actually i mean but he just seems like the kind of person that that would just accept it personally that's what i i i don't know i just feel like he you know i just felt like he was like well it's that's what it is you know like you know right I do, right i can't do anything about it you know uh he didn't uh he didn't try to uh to um to fight it at all you know he actually handled it pretty pretty cuz oh, if you think oh, about it it's not oh, like wait, there's are a you,
1: whole... are you uh-huh. talking about kenny cuz i'm talking about fatima and ellis
0: oh i'm sorry fatima and Oh, okay. We got off of that. Okay, I'm. Ew, I, I apologize. Uh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, uh, Fatima Nellis. Oh, yeah. That's going. That's going bad.
1: Yeah. I, right. I, I mean.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, that is. Uh, she is losing it, and he's doing his best to try to, to. Um.
1: Keep it together.
0: Keep it together with her or for her or whatever. Uh, but no, I don't, I don't see, yeah, that's not going to go. That's not going to end well.
1: I kind of think you might be right too. I, yeah. I just, I just don't feel like there's a, there just isn't a really good, Uh, there's no, it's, it's really, I, I think that one of the things that, that keeps, and I don't know what this is, what they're trying to say. I mean, from any standpoint, no matter what I'm putting out here, it's all just conjecture, but it does sort of feel like the town itself tries to somehow isolate people, isolate them either mentally or isolate them physically. And the moment that you make connections that's when something that's when you're vulnerable enough for something to happen and so it happened with donna it happened with boyd it happened with ellis because that abby was his mom right um you know like it continues to sort of follow this pattern it even happened to sarah because she loses her brother Mm -hmm. you know in the most ridiculous way ever right goofball um so, and we'll get to Sarah in our next podcast because we're going to talk about episode three. But uh, you know, as we sort of like move into uh, what we, I think personally, as we move into what we are now expecting from episode one and episode two, uh, the the number of things that we have discovered are. Still sort of hanging out there, but we have discovered some new things. We discovered, we knew from season one that, um, there is some bigger entity sort of, maybe not controlling, but communicating because the radio tower did work Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: they did contact somebody, but then the huge storm happened. And as the huge storm happens, it basically obliterates everything. Why? That is, I think, kind of a big question. Um, And then on top of that, as we discover sort of what's happening um, here into season two, we know that there is electricity, but the electricity doesn't go anywhere. That Tabitha's big discovery was the wires aren't connected. We don't, there's no reason for electricity to be working. Um, We also discover little bits and pieces about things, as I said, being subterranean or things being completely disconnected from the outside world, like the well house, like being in the underground caverns or places like that, right? So we know that there's those things happening. Um, And then on sort of as the biggest, maybe discovery layer, were all of Boyd's um, revelations in the wellhouse with hey this is just the tip of the iceberg um there are some kind of weird worms traveling around in his body oh, um yeah. and that and that what was the other thing that he said that i was just thinking about um that that that, that the overall part of being in danger here almost has nothing to do with the monsters that they think they're keeping themselves safe from because boyd thinks it's such a huge deal that there's talisman now and so hey you know we can keep you safe and the guy in the well house was like (laughs) oh that's funny you think that that's going to keep you safe because clearly no that's not going to keep you safe
0: right
1: um but other than that We have sort of settled into a pattern of, okay, there isn't, we're we're not learning quite so much about the town as much as we're learning about the things that we've already kind of made the discovery for. Like, we know that the symbols mean something, those symbols that Victor uh, was collecting in his notebooks and that we also saw in the diner store, right, in the storage area um things like that which we still don't know what those mean maybe those are talismans. do we know
0: i don't have think we've got-
1: yeah we haven't gotten anything with that have we
0: no no not at all so um, yeah, yeah this is another clue uh that we gotta uh, right through yeah
1: And then, and then at the between uh, episode one and episode two, we have all of these new characters that we kind of get to know. Some of them we sadly have to say goodbye to almost as soon as we meet them. Mm -hmm. RIP to the elderly couple on the bus. Oh, yeah, that was cold. (laughs) That was cold. I I like Mr. Smiley, though, as he sat down on the bus and he pretended to drive. Mm -hmm. That that was actually pretty funny I thought that was pretty funny Like he's going to go someplace or something That was pretty funny Um, And we also had uh, the couple That we will discuss In the next podcast as well Who are basically you know, Oh hey let's just see if this person Really needs help and they open the door And uh, yeah no that wasn't a good idea for them Um, And a couple of other people That we know died because they were Out in the open and weren't protected in any way. There were also the two people underneath the house. Only Jim survived underneath the house, right? Right. Yeah. So, there's that, too. All of those Lucky things Jim, together. Right? Yeah, Lucky Jim. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost like he has main character syndrome. I don't know. Yeah, I know,
0: right? The one <laughs> character he actually cared about. Well, I I like the other the uh, bartender. I thought, okay, can we talk about something real quick before we Say goodbye to this episode.
1: Let's let's go. Father,
0: the uh the priest. What was his name? Father
1: uh Kotri. Father Katri. Katri. Yeah.
0: He, don't you feel like they should have they shouldn't have killed him off? The the show needs him in a way.
1: Kind of. Yeah. I,
0: like the well, I guess we we'll, we're talking the third episode really made me go, We need him. Like I felt like his character, and he was first of all, the actor is great. And he did a fine job, but I just felt like that character, this show kind of needed it. He, he, I think once he left, the show kind of was missing something, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That he was providing. So, not to say that the show isn't, you know, uh, still good, but I just feel like his character, the show could have, could use his character.
1: Well, there's no, at at this point, there's no uh, either inspired or uninspired because we know that Father Kotryu is not you know, who he thinks he was or who he said he was, mm-hmm. but, um, but there's no spiritual center for any of these people, you know, and that I do think is something that everybody sort of gravitates toward during times of trauma and, uh, and chaos. You're, even if you don't, even if you're not, okay, you know, I'm uh Christian and believe in a Christian God, you're always looking for some kind of spiritual center to bring you back to hope and belief. And, you know, things could be better than they are. And right now, no one has that. Right. And I think that that was what was embodied with Father Khatri. So yeah, I think that that is kind of missing. Um, I'm before again, but you know, before we say goodbye to this episode, I do want to just sort of ask you, because I do think that this is important of all of the things that are happening right now in season, in episode one and episode two, Mm -hmm. what do you think is like the most important part of what we're supposed to be paying attention to?
0: I think Boyd. His yeah. his journey, which is almost like it's being, I think people see it as a failed journey, but I think a lot happened that more that we'll realize later in, yeah. a, in, in his adventure, you know? So uh, I tell you though, when he was in the woods and they were walking by, that was very tense, you know, even though I felt like there was nothing going to happen to him, it still was very tense though. <laughs>
1: Let, let me ask you uh, a quick question about this. And again, this is just pure conjecture on my part. But do you think that those things, whatever they are in his arm and his whatever, uh, do you think that they may be some kind of protection?
0: I didn't even think about it like that. Possibly. Or that
1: maybe they can't see him because he has those. Uh, there's a. Oh, that he, of-
0: yeah, he was giving him some sort of. She's- uh he's, he's
1: yeah remember he said well i i passed this on the guy in the well house says okay i've passed this on right mm. and i mean there's a reason that he was chained in the well house right but what but we don't know whether he was chained in the well house by someone nefarious trying to keep the protection away from everybody else or whether he was chained in the well house because whatever he had made him somehow uh, you know like more okay we gotta we have to keep you now not not because it had anything to do with protection but because oh yeah there's something about this that's important to the monsters you know what i'm saying like it kind of feels to me like maybe that was the point behind having boyd hide behind a tree and not being seen by the 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 you know the monsters as they were passing by because we know that that's one of the things that they're really good at is finding people even when they think they're hiding oh. remember because they they were saying that like you know they had to hide underground when they first got there and if you were out in the open you were basically just going to be fodder because anybody that was in the open that wasn't hiding really well they could find them
0: right right yeah
1: ah. I don't know just just a thought but I I feel like maybe that scene was supposed to say hey you know whatever's going on with Boyd yeah it's probably something that's making him a little bit less visible to monsters I don't know I guess we'll find out but
0: yeah we'll find out it was All an right idea. Uh, so let's uh uh how can well they can get me a KenteF F on Twitter and also um they can get me at uh, um, Kente Ferguson on Instagram. How can they get you?
1: Uh, people can find me at my website, moviesandmeals.com. You can also join me for my other podcasts, which I do uh, with Wadco Media. Please join me. We have a great time. Um, I, I Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. We're going to launch right into our next episode where we're going to talk about episode three of season two, From From and i hope you'll join us this has been great kate thank you so much for uh being an awesome podcast co-host i love this this is great so we'll see you next time peace